0: Hello and welcome to the Music Teacher Coffee Talk podcast. I'm Tanya.
1: And I'm Carrie. We are both elementary music teachers who love to talk shop, preferably over a steaming cup of coffee. This is episode number 150. Today we are talking about what to do when you have that class, the class that presents special challenges. We'll also talk about highs and lows from the teaching week, discuss some ideas in our Know Better, Do Better segment, share a work smarter, not harder teacher tip,
0: And in our CODA section, we'll give some specific recommendations of our favorite things who we are enjoying in and out of the music room. So grab your beverage of choice and let's get started.
1: So now it is time to share some highs and lows from our teaching week, weeks. We're back for a winter break. we been back, yeah. back for a little bit now. So we can we can firmly be high or low now. So Tanya, what would you like to say?
0: Um well first don't we want to mention
1: Oh, we do want to mention. Sorry. Go yeah. ahead.
0: Yeah. Okay. Oh, I get to go ahead. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so if you are in the Virginia area. Um, and you would like to come and see us, we are doing a VOC workshop. That's the Virginia Organization of Kodai Educators chapter. And that's on February 10th from nine to one. And our title session is Work Smarter, Not Harder, Double Duty Songs is at Shenandoah University in Winchester. And if you go and look up VOC, V-O-K-E, you can find all the details about that. Anyway, so we're very excited to get to Virginia and see all of our favorite Virginia people. Yeah, see you soon, and um, yeah, it's going to be a wonderful time in February with folk. Yay! Yay. Awesome. Okay. All right.
1: Sorry, now Now, Tanya. I mean, that's a high for both of us going to Virginia. So now let's talk about our teaching weeks. High or low? Which way are you going to go?
0: I'm going to go high. Um. (laughs) <laughs> because uh i am just in love with the third graders and they're in love with me too <laughs> that's fabulous it's really nice um third grade they're just it's just this all 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 of my third grade classes it just is this sweet spot right now where they are really digging everything we do and i just love seeing them excited and thrive and they're just doing so well and it's fantastic um and knock on all the things um and also i i say this i know it sounds boastful that you know i'm in love with them and they're in love with me but i did a little google form for them just at the end of the week um and i've done this two classes in a row so far where we're trying to decide what book we're going to make into a mini musical because we've read several books this year that they've really enjoyed and so i'm like you know what i'm going to put it up to a vote and then i'm going to create the mini musical out of whatever book that they choose and additionally i put some other questions on there just for fun um so i say like what's your favorite animal and then i say what's something you want to tell miss lejeune just in case they want to say like i'm having a hard time because my dog died or you know it's nice to have that question in there because yeah. It's nice to, if kids want to share, it's nice to know things that are good or bad. Um, And it's interesting, the things that they put there. And some of them are like, I don't have anything to tell you. I said, well, then just say hi. Um, But several of them say, I love music. Or this is my favorite special. Or I love the music that we do in music class. Or I love to sing. And it's just really, um, it's just, it's confirming that, hey, I'm doing something right because you and I were talking off mic, I think yesterday about how, you know, when you have that one class, which we'll be talking about a little bit later, uh, you start to, or I don't know about you. I start to spiral about it in my thoughts. Like, oh my gosh, it's clear that this one class does not like me. They have told me as much, like purely simply they have said we don't like you. It's not, it's, it's not the material it's you. Um, and when that happens, you start to, or I start to thinking, wow, well, nobody likes me. Well, I'm just a rotten teacher. Well, this is why this is going wrong. And it, it just turns into I can make my entire like life be one big blender of not good enough Mm -hmm. within five minutes or less because I've got, you know, this, this one group of kids who are troublesome um, and who are, you know, not enjoying music. So it's really nice to have the flip side where I can go, wait a minute, look at this. I've cut it in black and white that (laughs) like 70% of the kids that in third grade, not only like music, but wanted to reach out and tell me how much they like it. Yeah. And I didn't say, tell me how much you love like music class. I said, is there anything you want to tell me? And the third grade, honestly, they are not old enough to, um, maybe I'm wrong, but no, these kids are not old enough to manipulate and go, Ooh, I'm going to like butter up the teacher so I can. (laughs) Yeah. it's not about that. So anyway, that's, that's true. I got it in black and white. So I got to remind myself um of these things and and so should you if you have this same tendency to spiral um it's nice to keep those appreciation notes i keep mine in a folder mm-hmm. keep those little you know emails keep those things so that you can go back to it in a time where you're feeling like nobody likes me everybody hates me think i'll go eat worms and you can look through and go wait a minute no i might be a okay teacher because of this this is you know
1: so true and we're gonna talk about that in our main theme but yeah totally i hear you
0: yes and so what about you carrie hi low
1: we should have gone the opposite direction because that was so lovely and positive and i'm gonna go low i just want to say that i hate january i hate january it is my least favorite month i hate the weather I hate what's happening in school I just hate January
0: so hate is a strong word Carrie
1: it is but I'm using it purposefully I really hate January and I'm just saying in case other people are like me and really hate January specifically and this year it's it's been a bit I feel more challenging than other years and here's why so our district um because of you know where holidays landed and all that we came back we had a full week of school And then it was the three-day weekend for Martin Luther King Jr. Remembrance Day. And so it was like, here's this week, we're kind of getting back on track and starting to get in the groove. And then bam, three-day weekend, which turned into a four-day weekend because we had a snow day, but really it was more a cold weather day, which I know a lot of people did that that week after that holiday. So then we come back, and this was this last teaching week for us on Wednesday. And it's like starting all over again. So I'm just really feeling in this awful, like rut of like, I feel like I just can't get the momentum going with the kids, with myself, and the weather doesn't help because it's just been super cold and just kind of gloomy. It's going to get nicer this week. So yay, that's good. But, and then on top of it, you know, and I've talked about this so many times, y'all are probably hearing me saying it, but, you know, I have this new rotation schedule where I see the kids for three days in a row, and then I don't see them for nine days school days in a row and that's feeling really hard right now coming back after the break and of course this is now like this is go time i've got performances planned for late winter in the spring we have a field trip coming up to the symphony i'm doing a musical after school that's like taking the place of choir more to come on that later i'm sure and i just feel like i'm like ready i'm like let's go let's go let's go and then like i just literally don't see my kids enough to feel like I can go so i'm feeling really stuck and it's infuriating me so that's why I hate January just wanted to put it out there in case anyone's feeling the same way it'll pass this too shall pass. Um, and I guess the good news is that i'm feeling like I have energy and i'm ready to go I guess it'd be worse if I was feeling really blah and therefore my lesson plans were really blah and everything was just blah it's not so much me it's just I just don't see my kids enough to feel like i'm getting any momentum with them that's all.
0: I get it. Yeah, and now it's time for our main theme: what to do with that class.
1: And if you're listening instead of watching, Tanya air quoted that class. Yeah, we all knew it though. We heard it. Of in course,
0: reflection. We, we, you hear the air quotes, and you hear the quotes in your head. Of course, yeah. yeah. So yeah, um, yeah. I'm having so,
1: yes. Who is that class, Tanya? Let's talk about that first. Who is not that class? Vividly, oh, like Mr. or Mr. So and So's class, but like no, 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 let's, let's no. Describe what not. we mean when no. we say that class.
0: Well, maybe you have a class. Actually, I have. I've I would say one and a half, one for sure, and then another one who I'm starting to win over, but it's not there. I mean, I could be wrong. I'll see them tomorrow. Oh. We'll see. I could be, it could be two classes. Anyway, I have for sure that class. I just saw them last week where they don't like anything that we do. A lot of, okay. No, I'm not going to explain it yet. They don't like things we do. Yes. They don't like me. They, when I greet them, whether we're in class or out, they either like individuals of them, either do not respond if i say hey so and so how it's going they go walking keep walking (laughs) they either don't respond to me or they like smirk at me Mm -hmm. and roll their eyes um now to be fair is it just me no it's not just me but they sure are laying it thick on for me there there's some uh um my assistant principal likes to call this msa middle school attitude Mm -hmm there's some middle school attitude um, settling in. But for this class, it, it's kind of been there for, for a while. Anyway, so it's it's gotten to the point that it's tripping me up. Like, I, I see them at the end of the day and it kind of like hangs over me all day long. Like, yeah. oh my gosh. And then they're going to walk in and I'm going to try to be sunny and do this and that. And they're just going to be like... Um, on top of it, and this is a new thing for me because I'm not used to this part. Um, there are individuals in this class who feel like it's okay to say, um, um like slightly veiled mean things to me,
1: hmm.
0: which is like not, I'm not used to that. Yeah, right. Um, I'll give you an example. Kid walked in the other day and said, "Hi, Grandma." Um, what's the takeaway? You're old, Miss Lejeune. Right. Yeah. Okay. So better than the alternative. Anyway, like things like that. And then later on when I pulled that child and they were like, oh, um, I just got confused because I had been spending a lot of time with my grandma." I'm like, just stop. Just no. Yeah. You, you're yeah. just digging a hole. Or I had another kid from, um, that class who was like, um, do you hear how we are in our classroom? That's how we are all the time. And it's because some kids don't like you. Oh so like I'm having kids who <laughs> I kind of feel like I'm being bullied, you yeah. know? Yeah. And, and when that happens, like I should have a good, what I should say is, are you okay? Because why would you think that that's something that you can say? Are, are you feeling all right? Cause yeah. let's, let's just clear it up. Is that about me? No, that's about those kids. Right. And them feeling whatever it is, right? So right. they're lashing out at me. Um, and am I like completely, I mean, I, I want to make things better, of course. But it says more about when someone insults you really, like, specifically, it says more about that person than it says about you, right? right? And what they're going through. Plus, these are children and back to that middle school attitude idea um i often my husband and i talk about this all the time you know if you're anywhere and you are talking to a drunk person are you gonna like take everything they say at face value if you're talking to somebody who has had a lot lot of alcohol they're drunk right yeah i'm not gonna like if they say something wacky or insulting i am not gonna be like oh wow this person has a problem no they're drunk well we could say that once kids get to a certain age with the hormones going on yeah
1: they're drunk they're with drunk. hormones
0: they're, they're, <laughs> they are drunk with hormones yeah. so you're not going to reason with a drunk right yeah And this is anyway. I
1: mean I've had this class before too um I thinking very specifically about a class of fifth graders I had at my past school and I remember attempting to have a an official restorative circle with the entire class and I brought in a mediator and we passed a talking piece and we started with a couple of like generic warm up kind of questions just so people would answer and then I don't remember the exact question but it was really along the lines of what have I done specifically that causes you to not trust me, you know, not like, it wasn't about like though, it was really about trust, right? Like these kids are- Right.
0: And it's all wrapped up too. Exactly.
1: But none of them, none of them, even the most outspoken one could ever say like a specific, like, had I said something that was offensive, had I said like a microaggression that offended somebody, had I done a task or asked them to do a task that was really uncomfortable, like, Any of those things, I would have taken that feedback as hard as it is to hear. I would have taken it and I would have worked on it, right? But they couldn't. They couldn't say any specific thing. And it really came down to, first of all, I was new at that school. That was my first year at that school. This was a really challenging class for everybody who had ever had them. Um, So again, it wasn't about me. It was about them just wanting to have power and control in my classroom and undermine everything I asked them to do. And so even the mediator of our restorative practices circle, she's had all this training in restorative practices. She just finally looked at me and shrugged and goes, this is not a beneficial circle right now. I think we should end it. Because what I was hoping to get out of it, I wasn't going to get out of it, which was specific tangible things that I had done or things to work on, you know, and that was a really frustrating thing because then it really goes back to, like you said, it's, Yes, I know I'm not perfect. I make mistakes all the time, and I will own up to my mistakes just as much as I want to teach kids to. But when you can't tell me anything specifically, I've done that, I feel like it's really not so much about me. And I also want well, to say, too, that, sorry, I'm going to, one more thing okay. <laughs> is that the, uh, That class doesn't always have to be older kids, too, because I think oftentimes we think about older kids. I had a that class of kindergartners (laughs) not so long ago, and, um, you know, different, obviously totally different ways to respond to that, but some of the things we'll talk about today, specifics of way to respond, I'm going to want to make sure to remember some of those younger kid examples, too, because sometimes it's just kids who are super dysregulated for whatever reason, and you get a whole bunch of them in one class, and that spirals. So just wanted to put it out there we're not just necessarily talking about older kids and attitude, although that's a big part of it. It's just kids who are very dysregulated or the trust has been broken for whatever reason, right?
0: Exactly. yes. Um, and I know I winced if you saw me wince when you mentioned restorative circle and I just want to be clear. Okay. I understand I've had I've had training like you um, for re- three day training for restorative circles. And the benefit of that, and I do see the benefit and I do see the value. I think that a lot of times in our situation with the large class and with seeing them as infrequently as we do, that they fail more more times than they succeed in our situation.
1: Yeah, a whole group, a sort of circle for sure.
0: Yeah, a whole group because the group is too big. They don't feel if they don't have that trust, they're not going to say the specific things if there are specific things, right? I think, honestly, I've had more luck with one-on-one with kids or even like, write it down, write it down what, you know, your beef with me, write it down. Like, yeah. here's a Google form. Like I did with the third grade, what do you want to tell me? Do you want to tell me that I stepped on your foot one day and I didn't say sorry, and now you just can't let it go? I mean, that's cool. Tell me that right? and we'll move on, but... Oh yeah but in order for someone to feel security to feel safe enough to say something like that we have not built that a lot of times to yes. that level of them being able to really lay it all, all out there with within our with the amount of times we see our kids yeah. and in such a large group and especially at an age um where i'm feeling that a lot of the kids Don't really have hatred and animosity towards me, but they want to fit in with the cool kids, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So the cool kids are setting that tone and setting that attitude, and they, you know, they they're not going to necessarily be as honest in front of everybody else. So I just want to be clear that I don't, I'm not like down on restorative circles, but I won't be doing one with this class because I feel like it's not going to go anywhere.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Um, and I think that it's, it's not a good use of our time. And I think it could just be, I don't know, it could be detrimental, honestly.
1: Yeah. And I, I mean, in all honesty, I think the reason why I did it was because I was told I needed to do it before I could take more drastic actions. It's like, I before totally you give kids that. really tough consequences, start with this. And it was like, okay. <laughs> and then guess what? It didn't quite work. So that, you know, so all that to say, yes, I agree. That whole group restorative circle when the trust is already broken is not probably going to go well, but so other yes. than so. venting and crying in the car on the way home. Let's talk about, which we've all been there, um, let's talk about some more proactive and positive things. You know, it's all about being proactive than reactive, right? That's always what I want to try to do. So how do you respond when you have that class? And so um, we're going to start with tightening up, tightening up those classroom expectations and procedures. And so, you know, I'm thinking of this in a very PBIS type model, where if you have very specific procedures in your class, I always start the year with, hey, kids, these are the, you know, three, four things that we're going to you know, we're going to be respectful. We're going to be safe. Write it out. What does that look like in music class? And with older kids, I actually have them brainstorm and I write down their ideas and blah, 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 blah. So then when things start to go sour, I immediately go back to you Hey, kids, remember at the beginning of the year when you helped me make this list and you told me that respect looks like this? Do you think we're following this? You know, and just throw it yeah. back on them. Um, if you didn't go through that type of experience, it's not too late. Maybe do it now. Maybe go ahead and have them brainstorm what does respect look like? What does kindness look like? Whatever your, you know, core values are that you're highlighting in your class. And I think especially with older kids, the more it comes from them and it's written in their language, then the more, you can remind them of that later on and say, this came from you, not me. These are not my roles. These are the expectations we created as a group for our class. And I yeah. think now coming back, I mean, I know by the time people listen to this, it's going to be towards the end of January, but still you can. it's never too late <laughs> to stop because the rest of the year it's all for naught If you don't have, you know, those those boundaries and expectations laid out clearly that you can then hold kids to later on. Right.
0: Yeah. And you'll just make yourself miserable for the rest of the year. If you're just like duck and cover every time you have the class and um, you know, yeah, Uh, I was really holding my breath until the end of right before winter break, because I knew I was going to do a hard reset with some very specific intentional structures for this particular grade level. And uh, there was like 4 days to go. When I had all these ideas brewing, I'm like I know exactly what I'm going to do. Cannot do it now. So, I had to kind of wait it out and yeah. that that was not fun. It was it was a little painful.
1: Right. Um, not, I'm not I'm not saying that brain. I didn't Doesn't Right.
0: I'm not I, I was holding kids accountable, but I wasn't like introducing here's a new system we're going to do. Um and you mentioned PBIS with the expectations and their school-wide and Most PBIS also includes some kind of ticket system where kids who are demonstrating these characteristics that we've decided on as a school get this ticket and they get to put it in a bucket for a drawing. Now, in a perfect world, there would be intrinsic motivation. Mm -hmm. I am a fan of the Alfie Cohen um, idea of, of... We should be teaching kids to do things based on the intrinsic motivation and not with sticks and, you know, um, what do I want to say? Carrots and sticks. Mm -hmm. But this is the system that we are in.
1: Right. Right.
0: And so I got to work within the system that I am in. And does that mean that I'm going to like give out these these tickets? Absolutely, because that's part of what we've decided as a staff and as a school. And it's what the kids have been brought up with. So this is where we're going with that. Um, I will say I don't I don't love that kids will do things for a little plastic toy. That kind of, I kind of hate that. But I'm going to meet them where they're at and i am going to you know work with what i know will motivate them yeah. well and the so, more, but yeah
1: the more that we buy into a school-wide system the more it's not about us individually because then it's not, this isn't a system, you know, that's just for me, or I'm not going to do that system. I'm doing my own thing, you know, or which is fine if you're doing something in addition to the school system. But I'm saying like Mm -hmm. times where we make ourselves an island and go, well, I'm the music teacher. I'm not going to do that because I'm the music teacher. Then that just makes us more vulnerable to attacks from the kids, right? If they see us a part of the school system, then it's like, hey, I'm just like your classroom teacher. I'm just like the assistant principal. We're all doing the same thing. I'm just right, one exactly. a part of this team too.
0: Yes. And that but is so important.
1: Let's yeah. talk about your reward system. Let's go to that Tanya. Um, because sometimes oh, we're going go to, to go above and beyond and do an extra thing with those kids, um, you know, be it rewards or consequences. So would you like to share what you're working on right now with your, that class?
0: <laughs> I can, in fact, maybe let's see, I'll we'll oh, share sorry. my screen. Now, so I can make it, uh, if you're watching the YouTube uh, video, then you can see. Oh, did um, I probably have
1: to allow you to share your screen.
0: You probably Here we too. go.
1: Now you can. <laughs> sorry.
0: Okay. All we right, remember sorry. how to
1: Zoom. It's a thing.
0: I do remember how to zoom. It's going to take me a um, second. Well, while you're
1: pulling that up, I'll just say, so yeah, tightening up your um, PBIS matrix or just your own classroom expectations and then being really explicitly clear. If then, if then, if then, if this happens, then this is going to happen, both the positive and the consequences, right? You have to have both sides of it. So in my class, I mean, I do a whole school, Um, our whole class reward system where they earn letters on a chart, and we spell music, and when they spell music, they earn a choice day. Well, sometimes when I've had that class, it's not a whole class thing. I start to do it on an individual level, and I keep track of it in my grade book, and I let kids know that now we're not doing whole classes earning the choice day. We're doing individual kids earning the choice day, and, you know, that's really only for a couple classes here and there that just can't handle the whole group thing because, you know, you have some kids who maybe want to sabotage it for everybody else. Um, so here's another one. Tanya is going to show us one now that's an individual reward, which I think the more you go to individual things for kids in those situations, the better usually it is.
0: Okay. Yeah. So I'm doing something called music money. And, um, this was a reminder that, I mean, this is a, a slide that I use in my classroom and you can see our, um, Expectations, respect, ownership, achievement, responsibility. So, what I have done in the past couple of weeks is I see a, the same class for an entire week. Um, so, Monday through Friday. And on Monday, I have a hanging chart. It's got numbers on it. The kids know their number from their classroom. So, in their classroom, they are used to going by, oh, I'm always number 12, right? So, I'm using that. And the hanging pocket chart I got is great because the numbers are just right on there. So I started by putting five music money dollars, and you can see that right here, into each pocket. And then I also added a pencil that was already sharpened, so we don't need to mess around with that. Um, And so at the very beginning, on Monday, at the beginning of class, I explained to them, we're doing this new thing in music where it's all about music money. And you need to go and get the money from your pocket. On the front, write your number that corresponds with that pocket, that corresponds with the number that you go by in your classroom. On the back, please write your name clearly. Wow, handwriting has gotten so bad, can I just say? Um, Sometimes it's hard to read their names, but I got it. Hey, I see a giant T, so I know that's Tanya. Like I can figure that out, it's fine. Um, And then they put their money back And then we go on with what we're doing in class. And if a student is not showing some raw behavior, let's say they speak out of turn constant, like it's been like three times where they're just blurting things out. I will say, you know, we respect each other by raising our hands to ask something. Please go give me a dollar and put it on the piano. Um, And. That's what they do. And they just go and they they're in charge of getting the dollar, putting it on the piano, and then we move on. What I really well, let me, I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay. If they refuse to take ownership, because this has been a particular problem. Um, and I'm sure other people have experienced this, where I say, Hey, you need to raise your hand, you keep blurting out. Then sometimes I'm met with, oh, but you know, so and so did that twice, and you didn't you didn't talk to that person or, well, I just got so excited because I just love this. Like they'll argue with me or Mm -hmm. they'll try to engage in arguing with me. Mm -hmm. Right. So I have an extra thing in there. If you refuse to take ownership by arguing with me or protesting, then you just lose $2. Mm -hmm. Now at the end of the week on Friday, the very end of class, I'm putting all of this music money into a box. And then I am drawing out five different ones. And I bought a um a box on Amazon of like oh, it's like a thousand little pieces of it's called fidget toys. Hmm. But there, you know, there's some like very tiny spinners and there's like little um slinky things and all these different things. Right. And so at the very end when I pick those five kids, those kids get to pick from the prize box and there we go. The more you play, the more chance you could win. So if you've got your $5 and they're still in there at the end of the week, you're more likely to get picked. So this is really what we're already doing in school, except for it's on a much smaller scale, because instead of like your ticket for PBIS being in there amongst like the entire school, it's just these 25, 27 kids that you know, are in the bucket anyway. So um, what I really like about this, and then I'm um, really, really intentional about is that I am not getting caught up first of all, with arguing with anybody. And, but also I'm not getting caught up with thinking about when I ask a kid to give me a dollar or even I, I am not, it's not about you're in trouble. I'm angry with like, I'm really working hard to say, so-and-so, you're doing this thing, please bring me a dollar, put it on my piano. And then I immediately look elsewhere. I go on yeah, and I am not taking any time to like harp on it. It's not about me shaming the kid. It never, sh- never should be, it never is. Um, they know that I, I mean, we do whole group classes. If at all possible, I try to be Um, stealthy about it, you know, by going, Hey, Carrie, I I noticed that you're putting your hand in front of David's face. Can you please bring me a dollar? I try to be a little bit more private if at all possible, Mm -hmm. but sometimes it just has to be like so-and-so bring me a dollar, put it here, but I, but you, but oh, now bring me $2, put it here. So as we look at this music from the Philippines, blah, 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 um, yeah. So I like that I'm not getting emotionally charged if mm-hmm. I'm um, reminding a student um, and I'm doing the same thing with the tickets, the PBIS, PBIS tickets that I've say, oh, thank you so much for helping get everybody quiet. Here is a ticket. And these tickets, I have told them, and it wasn't my idea, it was their idea, that at the end of class, they can turn in their PBIS tickets and they can get a dollar in place of it. Mm-hmm. and that was great that they come up came up with that because that means they're buying in right. and they'd rather have the music dollar than the roar ticket so that's cool mm-hmm. for me um so that is what i am doing with this particular grade level and when they said um is everybody doing this i made sure i said no no it's only your grade because it's the first time i'm trying it out and i'm just really excited to see how it goes with you and you know i think that you deserve that first time this, yeah. this is a special thing. Only your great gets it. right? So, um, so that is what I have been doing. I'm going to, Oh, Oh, I was going to say, so I made this music money. You know, it doesn't have my face on it. Like you had mentioned
1: <laughs> um,
0: that, that would be kind of cute. But at the same time, like I said, I don't know if I gave them money with my face on it, they might like I don't know, like (laughs) draw X's over my eyes or something. I mean, I'm
1: devil ears on you. Exactly.
0: Uh, Who knows? Maybe not. Maybe so. Um, So if you want a PDF of um, this music money, I'll give it to you. Give us a review. Let me know. Um, Email us at music teacher, coffee, talk podcasts at gmail. Oh, music teacher, teacher coffee, talk
1: talk at at
0: gmail. Dot com, And um, I'm happy to share my music money. You can see I got my watermarks there. I got a little crazy with like, Oh, and here's a little triangle. That's really just yep. faint. So it's got the official watermarks of things in the music room. Nice. Um, so yeah, it's kind of generic uh, music money. If you are interested, please give us a review. So more people can help can be finding our podcast. Yeah. Uh, so two weeks I've done this now. This past week, like you mentioned, because of the snow day, because of Martin Luther King Jr. Day, um, we only had a three day week and I just adjusted as needed mm-hmm. and it still seemed to go pretty positively. I will say that there has been twice where I have had, I'm glad I tell them to put it on the piano because then when they walk out the door, I can go and check and say, oh, yep, so and so I did ask for it. Because yep, uh-huh. twice I've come up with like, wait a minute, I didn't ask for a dollar from this kid. But I asked for a dollar from that kid. Hmm. So whether by accident or deliberately, twice I've had kids who have given me someone else's dollar.
1: Me.
0: But I can check that because I because got, it their name got the number and I got their name on it. Yeah. yeah. It, it turns out that um, one of the instances was the kid went to the number right underneath theirs.
1: Yeah.
0: But I still, I... I still told that kid, I'm still, I'm charging you an extra dollar because even if that was a mistake, it means that you're really not paying attention and know what's going on.
1: Yeah. Ownership because
0: the numbers on the, the numbers on the pocket.
1: Yeah. Just make sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Anyway. So, um, that is my music money example and it's the, First time I've done that specific thing. I wanted to do something that was kind of similar to what they're doing mm-hmm. in the classroom and they do have like checkbooks and accounts and so, you know, in this capitalistic society, I went with money. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: yeah. No, it's so weird. anyway I mean- again with
1: that class sometimes it just it has to be so clear that you can't argue with it like you said and something tangible rather than just like you said talking to the abyss if it's like a tangible thing and they understand it just helps clear up any misconceptions it helps clear up any like well so and so did this and it no you did this you give me the dollar you know um so having very clear rewards and consequences set up um and just reminding them of that I think is is really important.
0: Yeah. So it's good. It's, it's going well so far. Um, there's also some specific things that I am doing in regard to my lesson plans and how I'm like delivering instructions and stuff. So we should move on to like, yeah, what do you want to look at in your lesson plans when you have sure. that class? Because one thing that I have been encountering is that the kids won't let me speak. Yeah. Um, they won't let me finish this sentence. And I do a lot of standing and waiting for us to stop talking. Yeah, Um, yeah, cleaning up your lesson
1: plans for sure. And we did a whole podcast episode about transitions, but this is sometimes where I'm really intentional thinking about my transitions and making sure that they are, you know, more musical, more do this while we go through that. Okay, go, you know, and like way less teacher talk from me. Um, they d- will not allow me to lecture. <laughs> and then this is a good example to bring up again, you know, that class when it's a younger group of students because for them, you know, they need that quick pace. That doesn't mean frantic. Frantic isn't going to help anybody. But if you just know your lesson plan so well, you know, I'm not always a person that necessarily has to have my lesson plan out in front of me. I know, usually know it well enough and then I can adjust in the moment. But with that class, I make sure that I have my lesson plan ready to go or a sticky note stuck to my lanyard or something so I know exactly where I'm going next because if there's any downtime it's all over so you got to keep it moving yeah. and quick transitions for sure
0: yeah and I've had um it, both older and younger classes that have been that class and one of my like hard and fast rules and I know this sounds ridiculous but don't turn around because I set things out I'm like okay okay, I know we're doing this. And then I know we're getting these manipulatives. And if I have to go over and open the cabinet and get the manipulatives out, it's not happening. So I make sure I take that time. Like, and then I walk over here and here they are. And I think through how do I want them to get the manipulatives? I'm gonna say, if you're on a red dot, you stand up, you line up here, you get this, you get this, and then you sit down and then the next person goes and we keep rolling. And I gotta think about all the little things that, If you have a class that is, you know, a little more uh, bought into everything, you could be a little more lax about that, right? Mm -hmm. I definitely have classes where I'm like, oh, I forgot to get the things out and I turn around and I open the cabinet and it's fine Mm -hmm. and life goes on. But I have had those classes where if I turn around to do anything besides get them to the next spot... It's just gonna, I'm not gonna use curse words, but you know where it's going.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Also, thinking about methods of delivery. So, for me, um, and well, I know for you as well, Tanya, doing videos instead of whole group lessons, videos where, so like Nearpod, especially during the pandemic, I was a big fan of Nearpod, but there are times where I'm like, oh, I have a Nearpod lesson all about. Tea, ta tea and putting bar lines in 4 beat me, meter so rather than me doing a traditional class where i'm going to get up and teach and then they go do this worksheet. I'm just gonna give them the Nearpod because it has the video of me talking. You know, now for some kids that's an opportunity to be silly and goofy and be like, oh Miss Nicholas is talking, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, you have to be careful about the videos too, because they can use those as an opportunity to be rude. Um, but right. if the if the point is they're all working at their own pace and they're all working individually on their own device, but they're still getting the same content and I can walk around and work individually with students or have conferences and chickens with students, sometimes that's better than me trying to deliver the same lesson whole group and have them constantly interrupt me, like you said, not be able to even finish a sentence.
0: Exactly. And I've done both ways too, where I've had them uh, watch a video on their own Chromebook and their headphones. And it's just them watching me because for my older kids, at least, they will focus on that. Mm -hmm. And I got to make sure I'm walking around and making sure everyone's on that video. But I've also done where I make a video and I play it in the room. Um, And I'm thinking back to a younger kid class where I really wanted to focus on building relationships with the kids. And so I was making sure that I checked in with every single kid on their way in the room. So while I was checking in with every single kid, the video, Miss Lejeune, was guiding them through an opening song. And I even make reference. I mean, it's so really Ridiculous. But the video, Miss Lejeune says, Well, while Miss Lejeune over there is saying hello to everyone, I would like you to sing with me. Here we go, you know. So yeah, yeah, I've done it both ways. And it initially it feels like, wow, am I just this is just way too much for me to do. But it pays off. It seriously pays off.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So yeah. Um, I just used a video intro all about the music money. Um, with one of the classes, because I knew that if I stood up in front of them, and I talked them through all the things that I would not get through it. Sure. They wouldn't let me. So in the video, I say, there will be time for you to ask me questions in person in a few minutes. But right now, when this video ends, I want you to go over to where your music bunny is. Take it from your pocket. Take the pencil, go back to your own seat, write your name on the back, your number on the front, return it and your pencil, come back. Then you can ask me the questions.
1: Right. Right. Do this. And
0: I had to remind them like while they were watching the video, they were like, but, but what about, but I was like,
1: what did Miss Lejeune in the video just say? (laughs)
0: I didn't even talk. I was just like, "Not me right now." Go back. Look, look, look there. Yeah. Um. And yeah. And that felt a little cringy. But hey, you do what you got to do. Got to do what you got to do. Yeah. They've gotten into this habit of like, "You're talking to us. I'm not listening."
1: Yeah, I'm gonna argue with everything yeah another yeah. thing under the umbrella of you know more work up front but it pays off is to also be prepared with alternate activities for individual students who are not with you and this kind of is that clear consequence model too so tanya you and i are both fans of of worksheet packets as consequences you know and to me that's a natural consequence of hey you can't handle doing this singing game or this dance activity or this thing that i'm doing with the rest of the class and not only are you not doing it you're derailing everyone else from doing the activity so you're gonna sit over here or even go sit in a buddy classroom or go sit in the office and you're gonna do this worksheet packet and (laughs) i typically make it pretty darn boring on purpose because you know and it's worksheets it's never take your chromebook and go do this on your chromebook because a lot of times that's those kids that's exactly what they want so it's a good old-fashioned worksheet packet it's Super thick and it's super dull and it's like this is what you're going to be working on what would you rather And it's
0: no prep
1: yeah it's stuff that that's very easy for them sometimes it could be as easy as tracing or just copying Mm -hmm. rhythms down or. um you know, read this and then answer these questions based on what you read, it's very easy stuff. So yeah, if they had to go take it to the office, it's not like now the secretary has to sit and teach them music. I don't want that. Um, But yeah, it's dull. And it's busy work. And I literally have a folder in a file cabinet in my room called busy work packets. And I have, Mm -hmm. you know, for different grade levels, you know, and I haven't had to use them much, especially at the new school that I'm at now, but I have them prepared, and they're ready to go um kids yeah, don't like them so <laughs> it is what it well is. and i've made
0: tracing papers that are in my tpt store so if you want to go to tanya lejeune um, tpt i've got some music tracing papers where it's simply they are tracing over a rhythm and then they have to rewrite it and um you know that kind of thing and i've used those and then you they are dull and boring but honestly i have had kids who come at the end of The class um, and say, Miss Lejeune, I really liked doing this, which just tells you something else that they need that. Yeah, Yeah, they need to really they they were feeling dysregulated and and that helped focus them and calm them down. So
1: and that's okay if they love it,
0: if they hate it, I'm cool with that, whatever. So yeah, be prepared to shift to alternative things. I even and I need to write this down for real in a flow chart, and I've got a flow chart in my head, but I think it'd be super especially when I'm all psyched up and nervous about how it's going to go. I need to write if this, then this, if this, then this. So in my mind for individuals, I have, okay, if an individual loses a dollar, cool, going on. If they lose $2, cool going on. If they look like they're losing th- going to lose $3, then they get the busy work tracing papers. And I have four places in my room where kids can go. And I actually stand in my room and I point, that's the first place. That's the second place. There's the third place. There's the fourth place. Right. And they sit out and do some of that. If they escalate from there for whatever reason, and who knows what that could look like, but whatever, then I send them to my assistant principal and i made sure this past week that during this my my trickiest class i said hey are you gonna be around do you mind if if a kid comes in with some boring tracing papers and just sits in your office yeah and and so you know my assistant principal was on call ready to go i didn't have to do that and that was great um but yeah so i have that flow chart in my head for individual but also as a class so yeah. you mentioned that you have your file of tracing papers mm-hmm. honestly since i've been at at my new to me school i did not have i mean i had like 10 and not thick packets yeah. and so i took some extra time um at the very first week then we were back i was like i am making 60 <laughs> so that if it comes to whole group is just it's going off the rails okay yeah. well I do individuals, all right? If it's not just individuals, but if they're like ganging up on me, mm-hmm. then I'm going to shut it down
1: Yeah.
0: and Everyone we sit and packets. we do these dull packets, right? Yeah. And then from there, I can take it back to the individual. So like have a plan, write it out, it, whatever works for you. For me, like I said, it really works for me before, right before they come in to go, Tanya, do this, do this, do this, do this. Here are the places. Here are the packets. Here are the pencils. Here are the clipboards. The pencils are sharpened. We're ready to go.
1: Yeah. Have a plan. And yeah, I mean, not to be scary about it, but then I will say to the kids when they come in, say this packet of papers. They're here if we need them. I'm hoping we don't. And then moving on. Like they know what it is. But oh. I just like the visual of this packet sitting on the piano. It's like, and here they are. and you know and then I move on I don't dwell on it but I think it's important for them to know again if then if you act this way then this is going to happen both positive and negative so
0: yes and the best thing you can do oh I was just gonna say go ahead you finish a reminder for me and you and everybody um when you do do these things the less emotional you are Mm -hmm. about it yeah. the better. Exactly. Don't let them never let them see your sweat. Don't <laughs> let them see your your face tense and go, you know, no. Just like, hey, we're just we're just going with the flow chart. This is
1: what happens. It's hard for me because I flush really easily. Like if I have an alcoholic beverage, my chest and my (laughs) cheeks flush like immediately. Like I'm that person. So when I get angry and like, even though I'm not doing, I'm not saying anything, I'm not sweating. It's not on my face other than my face turns bright (laughs) red. So I've had kids be like, you're turning red, Miss Nicholas. And I'm like, really? I don't know. And then I just like, keep going. But yeah, I, I don't have a good poker face. I mean, cause I can't, if I just turn bright red, I don't know what else to do about it, but
0: it is I, I hear you. I have that tendency too. Yeah. you know, um, I've been starting some of my classes with some more mindful things. And the awesome thing is now there's so many videos that are two minutes or less of mindful breathing. Mm-hmm. Um, and like not even that class but I had other classes that were doing this and and there was a kid who was like what why are w- why are we doing this I mean it's good I was like oh I said you think this is for you no it's no for me. it's for me
1: <laughs> I need to breathe give me let's do it together yeah. Um, the one other thing yeah. I was going to mention instructionally is, as sometimes it sounds counterintuitive. So you have to know and maybe try and see how it goes. But sometimes giving kids more choice is beneficial. Sometimes it can lead to chaos. So, for example, my that class this year um, is a fifth grade class. I think I've talked about them where, yeah, same. They just, they, they, There's a couple of kiddos who just derail everybody. They argue, they interrupt, blah, blah, blah. So I was doing stations when we came back from winter break. It's just like a fun, hey, let's get back into it. And I decided I'm going to do, instead of rotate here, rotate there, and rotate every five minutes and go clockwise. And I set up six stations, and I gave them the choice. And I said, you can do any of these stations for any amount of time. You could do one station the whole time if you wanted to, or you could bop around and try different stations. You could go with a friend. You can go alone because, you know, I can't choose your group. You're just going to go. So they had a lot of choice. And I'm like, this could go either way, right? This could go really, really poorly. And they did really, really well with it. And the kids who argue with me a lot felt some, some sort of agency. Now, I did have one group of yes. boys who unfortunately then turned into, well, we're just going to go to the station and not do the station the right way. And just screw around and throw the beanbags in the air and not play the game or whatever. So I pulled them over to me and we had a little talk about it. But it was really just that one group, they needed one reminder, and then they were okay after that. So, you know, it went well, had it not gone well, okay, then I wouldn't have done that again. But I was like, it's worth trying because sometimes it is If they have more choice in agency, sometimes they will actually perform better for you. As much as you don't want to loosen the reins, sometimes you just want to tighten them harder. But sometimes giving them very clear choices that you're okay with, it's kind of that love and logic model, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, I'm okay with you doing this or this or this or this, as long as you're Mm -hmm. doing one of those things, then let's do it rather than only saying you're going to do this and this is how long you're going to do it for. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that, like you said, can go either way and you have to be really like, you have to balance that out. And I always point out, I said, okay, so I've chosen your teams for said activity. You did get the choice when you came in the room of whatever, fill in the blank. Now, my choice is I've already created these teams for you. Mm -hmm. If this goes really well for the next two days in this project, then on the third day, you get to choose your teams.
1: Exactly. Yeah. 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 I've used that a lot too. Mm -hmm. So finally, I think it's just always worth mentioning that you're not alone when it comes to that class in quotes. I think oftentimes when you reach out to the classroom teacher, if you see them as the same class as the classroom teacher does, your fellow, you know, quote unquote, specials team, the art teacher, the music, the PE teacher, oftentimes you will find that they're having similar challenges. So I think it's always worth reaching out to anyone else who deals with that class and having a similar system. You know, maybe you're all going to do the same buck system, but in a different way, or you all have similar consequences. Like I know the PE teacher, and I both share the whole like sit and do a worksheet like when she's teaching a unit on you know, volleyball, if the kid is acting a fool, then she's got a whole big packet where they're going to sit and do a worksheet packet about volleyball. So it's the same thing, you know. So reach out to your teammates, reach out to the classroom teachers and see what you can do together. Because again, like I said earlier, the more that the kids see that you're a part of the whole school team and you're not just the weird music teacher or whatever, um, then they're going to respect you in that different way.
0: Right. And you've got each other's backs. Um, One year, many, many years ago, back when we taught sixth grade, uh, me and the art and the PE teacher, we had that class. um, And it was like that everywhere they went. And we actually gave them each an index card. And at the end of every class, they would have to like self-grade and show us. And then we would say, mm, you know, yes, no, or whatever. And that would follow them to the next special. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we were going like music, PE, art, music, PE, art was the rotation. So if on this day, and it, and this was a time where it wasn't a week at a time, it was like a one day rotation. I would say, well, you know, so-and-so um, your behavior in music Today was a a two. Now that's gonna follow you to PE where you're gonna have to sit out for X amount of time. Yep. And that was really helpful. Yeah. Um, especially for me because it was PE. Yeah. And we know that PE, you know, moving. And at first, you know, it took some 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 talking through because I was like, I don't want to penalize kids in PE for what they did in music, but we needed to do that. Oh, yeah. Right. My PE teacher volunteers
1: it all the time. She's like, you let me know. Cause yeah, same for me. They go to PE after me. So she says the same thing. You let me know. I'm happy. And sometimes she just has a conversation with a kid. You know, sometimes it's just talking to a kid about, you know what? You do great in PE. So why are you not being a leader in music, you know, and and really just calling the kid out on it? It's like, you're making that choice. You are choosing to act that way in music. And I've had the same conversation if a kid acts up, you know, generally not PE because it's, you know, they're usually pretty good there, but you know, if a kid acts up in art, but then they're an awesome kid in music, well, I'll have the same conversation. So right. just when the kids know that we're a united front, I think it changes the behavior.
0: Yes. And we definitely need to also bring out and amplify this idea of give twice as many positives as you give negatives. So yeah, not just because we want to Um, seek out and lift up those kids who are doing the right thing, even in the most um, dysregulated class, you're still going to have a handful or one, at least, or two of kids who are doing the right thing, like most of the time. And they're just as frustrated as we are. (laughs) Yeah. And they're frustrated too, but guess what? That comes on back to you because you're the person in charge. So you, it's your job to fix that. It is not a 12 year old, 10 year old eight-year-old's job to like change what's happening in their, that dynamic in their classroom, they're frustrated and that's on you, right? So make sure that, so every time I say so-and-so, give me a dollar, I make sure, oh, okay. And here's a ticket for you. Oh, thank you for doing the right thing. Oh, you know what? I noticed you were really on top of it when it was your turn to do this thing. Like I am just given those extra PBIS tickets. In fact, right before that class walks in the room, I go and I get more so that I have an abundance of that. Um, And then positive emails. And I know, Carrie, that you're a big fan of sending home positive emails, which I need to get better at.
1: Well- Um I haven't been as good about it lately. It was when we had the class dojo system. Oh, I loved that so much because you could just grab your phone in between classes and just write a quick message to a parent because the class dojo, it looks like Facebook, right? And you're just like writing a quick direct message. Your cat was awesome in music today. Smiley face. Boom. And, you know, I would just find whether it's that or an email, you know, then the parent often will write back and then that fills my bucket and makes me feel like, like you said earlier, I'm not so bad. I'm okay. You know, so yeah. that's a good practice to get into anytime you have to write a negative email or message to a parent maybe try writing two positive ones even if they're super short because what you will get back from it not only feeling that pride of like yeah i have these awesome kids and i'm going to make them feel good but then when the families reach back out to me then i feel good too it's a little self-serving but i don't care sometimes we have to
0: do that too no and that's that's exactly what we want to be doing because you know sometimes whole classrooms rewards and penalties work well. Yeah. But especially I really think the older they get, the more you really need to focus on individuals, yeah. right? Because 100%. when I'm thinking about that class that I've got this year, um I'm looking through, you know, my roster of kids and I'm looking at the seating chart. And I'm like, and, and I do this for myself. I'm like, well, wait a minute. So-and-so is always on board. And so-and-so does it. Like I'm circling kids in green just for my own edification to go like, wait a minute, these kids, they want to be here. They love music class. Yeah or at least they're like music class. It's really only these like seven or eight kids Mm -hmm. that are really, so I don't want those seven or eight kids because I don't want them coloring what happens to the entire class Mm -hmm. because I am just uh, reiterating their leadership in a negative way, right? right? So when I say, oh, your whole class doesn't get X, Y, Z because your class was horrible, it's not them. It's not the whole class. I am just illuminating, oh, well, the leaders of the class who are negative leaders a lot of the time, they drove that. And I do not want to give the negative leaders that kind of power to say that this whole class is that class based on those seven or eight kids. That's not fair.
1: And like you said, there are times where the kids who are the positive leaders will step above them and be like, knock it off. Come on, let's go. Let's do this. Come on, come. I'll help you. And they'll take that on. And there are lots of times where they don't because it's they're exhausted. They might be tired from doing it all day in their class. They might be over it or they just might be, you know, a little bit more. Well, the social currency. Side.
0: Like exactly. what kind of social currency do you get from yeah. upholding like, oh, well, the cool kids are being snotty and rolling mm-hmm. their eyes. I want to fit in with the cool kids. So I'm going to go and do that. Uh, My heart's not completely in it, but that's where, I mean, especially the older they get, it's all, you know, that they get to an age and acceptance of peers is more important than the approval of adults. Yep. That's how it is.
1: So focus on those awesome kids because they're there in every class, even class. (laughs) Even that class. So now it is time for our no better do better segment where we think about a practice or literature or something we're doing in our classroom that we're just thinking about differently. So Tanya, what would you like to talk about today?
0: Okay. So um, last weekend you and I attended um, Brandy Waller Pace's workshop with the Rocky Mountain ORF chapter. Um, and that was just awesome, full of so many great ideas that, You know, some I was aware of, some I was not. Um, Anyway, it's chock full of fantastic uh, examples of Black music and ideas that we need to consider in the classroom. So I'm just going to pull out just one idea that I needed reminding of because I was actually thinking about this in the context of the type of music um, that I use to highlight a musician of the day or a musician of the week kind of narrative narrative that I've been doing because I'm getting to the point where I want to make sure, I mean, I, I've, I've been at the point where I'm, I'm trying to bring in lesser heard voices, but this whole idea of a master narrative and a counter narrative, which was really good to hear that structure of, and that master narrative being like, um, and I am reading from the notes, like the social mythologies that mute, erase and neutralize features of racial struggle in ways that reinforce ideologies of white supremacy. So I was actually thinking about um, how I want to bring in like some modern music and rock music type of stuff with my older students and the importance of choosing music that represents underrepresented people. Um, That would be that counter narrative and counter narrative stories to dis, and i'm reading again from brandy's notes um stories used told to dispute widely held beliefs beliefs of a dominant culture um so what i consider like the pinnacle or the iconic uh, musicians of a specific genre of music is not necessarily the pinnacle of that genre of music or that time period of music because that counter narrative has not been highlighted in our society because everything is based on our white dominant culture. But all that to say, it was just a really good reminder of um, I need to make sure that I am digging deeper than, I mean, I, I often joke with my family that I have the best musical taste Um, because, you know, I'm of course very biased and about the music that I love is like the best music everybody is right. Like that. Mm -hmm. And I have to remind myself that just because I don't know this musician, this music, this genre does not make it lesser than right. And I kid about it, but I do know and understand that just because this musician was not highlighted and was not um, spotlighted in this time period does not mean their music and their output is any less valuable than what we consider a musician that everybody should know. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, that's just the tip of the iceberg, of course. Oh, sure. Um, And you and I have both mentioned here and there like musicians that we are listening to more and that we want to highlight more. And we got a few of those in this presentation. And um, yeah, I just need to keep that front of mind um, that I don't know it all, of course. And the society that I live in has definitely not taught me the best music. And, and that's all, let's just be real. That's all subjective anyway.
1: Right. Yeah. There is none. Which, you know,
0: as a Kodai inspired educator, that sounds a little like, well, you know, folk music is the music that is endured. Yeah, but sometimes it's endured for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, that's great. Yeah, and um, if you ever get a chance to see, hear, watch, learn from Brandi Waller-Pace, she is amazing. We knew she would be, but going and being in her presence and listening to her talk and sing and play was just really, really, inspiring and incredible and if you don't have the opportunity to see her in person definitely check out her work as a co-founder of decolonizing the music room Um, you can go to their website they've got facebook groups lots of resources there to help dig into this work so thanks brandy for all that you do because it's amazing
0: yes thank you And now it's time for our work smarter, not harder teacher tip, Carrie.
1: Yes, this comes from you, Tanya. So thank you. Um, It's not a tech tip, but it sounds like one. It's the click and drag. (laughs) Do you know what I'm referring to? No, it's genius. And I just had to say it out loud because it's great. And I saw you do it, you know, at like a folk dance session once. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's genius. So I
0: stole it from somebody, but I can't tell you who I stole it from. Okay,
1: well, thank you to that person. I'm sure other people have done this, but hey, I'm just gonna mention it. So you know how sometimes you just need kids to move (laughs) in your classroom from one place to another? Um, you know, and I've been teaching long enough that early in my career, I would go up to a kid and pat him on the shoulder or kind of help scoochie him over. And then, you know, as the more I teach, the more I'm like, nope, nope, I need to not be touching the students for any reason whatsoever. So I saw Tanya do this in a workshop where you say to the kids, hey, everybody. I gotta click and drag you. So here's an example. We were doing a paw paw patch in third grade the other day. And instead of having one long set, I had them in two sets. And the two sets were a little too close together. So I needed to move one whole set over. So I stood in front of that set and I said, hey everybody, I'm gonna click and drag you. So I went click and then drag, 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 drag. And I moved my hands over and they kind of scoochy, 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 scoochy. And it's like, they have that reference in their head. They know what click and drag means. And it's just a really quick way to show the kids, hey, I need to move this bunch of kids, whether it's a whole group or just a couple of kids. I'm gonna click and drag your hair. Click, drag, drag, drag. Um, And it's great. It's just a great, simple way to get kids to move. So thanks, Tanya, because I use it all the time.
0: Well, you're welcome. Awesome.
1: Oh, it's time for our CODA section where we give a recommendation of something for the classroom or outside of the classroom that we've been enjoying. So Tanya, what have you been enjoying?
0: Well, I recently finished a book and I will say it's the best book I've read all year. Um, I've only read two books all year, but this okay, one is Okay, I was going to say. One. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's a uh, a fictional story of course called the measure and the basic premise and this is not giving anything away because it happens immediately um is that it's modern day society and one morning everybody wakes up and there is a little box on their front doorstep or wherever they are you know and it has their name on it and they lift the box and the cover inside says herein lies the measure of your life and then there's tissue paper and then there's a string and the string shows you like how long your life is going to be.
1: Oh my gosh. I don't like this, Tanya.
0: (laughs) So some people have shorter strings and some people have longer strings and everything in between. Some people do not want to look at their string. Don't open their box. Um, (laughs) I know me too. Especially after reading the whole book, I was like, I'm
1: not looking,
0: but anyway, um, it's fascinating because it goes into like, the social ramifications, the relationships that change because it follows specific characters and all this, the political ramifications, which is really interesting because some countries are like, everyone must open their box. And some countries are like, no one must open their box. Like there's, it just, you know, some laws are created and, oh, there was just so much to it. And I really enjoy, um, a fascinating premise that's taken and flushed out really well. And this
1: was, so there you go.
0: The Measure by Nikki Ehrlich. Mm,
1: Sounds interesting and terrifying. Yeah,
0: (laughs) I'm (laughs) all about that.
1: (laughs) Now for something completely different. Yes. (laughs) So I'm actually going to recommend something for in the classroom, I feel like we don't do this as often as maybe we should but that's okay too because we have lives, but I discovered this book and I wish I brought it home with me but I didn't so I'm just going to hold up my phone for those of you on YouTube so you can see the cover, it is uh, Sneezy the Snowman by Maureen Wright, illustrated by Stephen Gilpin. So I've talked about my whole snowman, you know, uh, metaphor that I use with kindergarten students when I'm introducing barred instruments and the idea of you build a snowman up and it melts down. When you build a snowman you put the biggest snowball on the bottom and then I refer to then that's the biggest bar on the barred instruments and I show them, you know, a barred instrument vertically and then then the the bard instrument melts and then it lays flat on the ground
0: all the bars go all over the floor
1: oh yeah no but it just melts meaning it flies flat on the floor but do we still remember which one is the big bar and the little bar do you still know how to play up and down and I've used the book Snowman at Night as inspiration and all the snowman songs. So I found this one, I actually found it in my son's books. <laughs> my son is 14. Um, this was a book that was given to him by his kindergarten teacher. And it, you know, we had a stack of holiday seasonal picture books that we get out at Christmas time. And my kids said, you know, they were ready to let some of those go. So we were going through and I was looking for ones that would be good in the classroom. And I saw that one and went, oh my gosh, this is perfect. Because in the book, it's very cute, Sneezy keeps making silly choices. So for example, you know, because he's feeling cold and sneezy, so he wants to warm up. So he drinks hot chocolate and then he melts. And then there's this little puddle. And from the puddle, he's like, build me back up again. And then the kids build him back up and then he decides he's cold. And so he gets in the hot tub and he melts again. So this book is full of melting and building and melting and building, which is my whole thing. So anyways, I was super excited to bring it in and read it to the kindergartners and they were laughing and cracking up oh my goodness that's awesome yeah it was so fun and you could totally build a whole sound story out of this I'm hitting my water bottle I'm so excited you could build a whole sound story about it you could build a program around it but I just did it in one day where I read the book and then we got out I have those little individual tone bar sets those green boxes you know with the colorful tone bars and every time Sneezy was melted the kids went do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do and played down the scale and every time they built him back up do-do-do-do-do-do-do they played up the scale.
0: Oh, I'm going to steal your idea. I love
1: it. Oh, it's so cute. And get this. I just looked. It's on sale on Amazon, of all things. It's $5.50 for the paperback. So what more could you want? Amazon
0: does not need our help. but
1: I know they don't. But I mean, and you could certainly buy it from your local independent bookstore as well. But if you want it right away, (laughs) your two-day shipping, um, it is on Amazon and it's on sale right now. So that is Sneezy the Snowman by Maureen Wright, illustrated by Stephen Gilpin, My name favorite kindergarten snowman book.
0: Beautiful. We've reached the double bar line. Thank you for listening to Music Teacher Coffee Talk. Show notes can be found at musicteachercoffeetalkpodcast.com. You can connect with us on Facebook or Instagram. Just look for Music Teacher Coffee Talk.
1: If you enjoyed the show, please consider subscribing, rating, and leaving us a review on iTunes to help others find this podcast. And we always appreciate folks buying us a coffee, so look for that link on our show notes and on our Facebook page. Until next time, this is Carrie. And
0: this is Tanya wishing you happy musicing.